This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Which raises the next question, and it's all I've been thinking about since this came out. Like, where is he going to go? So, as you mentioned, the Clippers are a team that have interest. It's something you've known for most of the day. Uh, like, what do you see there? Um, and I guess the bigger question for me is, is this something where you think when we do our emergency pod, we're going to be sitting here talking about Dame Lillard, Zach Levine, Paul George, or is this going to be me saying, I can't believe they traded one of their best players for a bunch of role players? Well, so here's what I would say. In the LA example, I don't think they're going to get Paul George or Kawhi. Like that's just, you don't I don't think, think that's going, no. I do think it's not impossible for them to turn this into somehow getting somebody like Dame. Now that Mm. would require Dame actually taking the step and saying, I'm out of here, which it still seems like he's reluctant to do. But I think it actually becomes more likely you can get him because you could say, Hey, we're going to trade James to the Clippers. We'll get, you know, role players, assets, picks, whatever. Things that we can send to Portland to add to whatever package we would send there. And then we put the most complete offer that we can on the table for Dame Lillard. And I think that becomes a little bit more compelling. Like maybe there's a more realistic angle there. I still would say that's probably unrealistic. I think if you just sit here and you're trying to look at, if you just take the names out of it, we're talking about, a 34, will be 35-year-old next year star who is on the decline, obviously. Don't have the greatest faith in, I guess, his long-term production and his body holding up and all that. I don't want to mm-hmm. say work ethic because he works hard, but his off-court habits are what they are. In right, terms the of reputation it. has been earned, yeah. Yeah, and certainly if he's going to L.A., I don't think that's going to get a whole <laughs> yes, lot better yeah. between – LA nightlife and Vegas. Or Miami, the other one that's been rumored. Yeah, but they're Miami would be so interesting because they basically run the military down there. And yeah, they're, they might actually get James to reclaim career. I was going to say, it would either say. revive his career or end his career. Like he would go down there and it would be a disaster, or all of a sudden he'd come in like in the playoffs against the Sixers in the best shape of his life, being in all the Sixers fans. Like, I can't believe this is happening again. Yeah, I, I think Jimmy Butler might strangle James Harden on the floor. Yes. Or they'll also, party so. together. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. So anyway, so I just think if you just look at him as a trade asset, trade chip, I don't think he's got considerable value. I don't think he's like you add him to a team and well, you swap him for another star. 
And that team can be like, oh, yeah, we're getting better. If you add him to a team with stars, I think you and I would both agree. We know James Harden brings a lot to the table yeah. as a playmaker, as a guy who gets gets you into your offense and sets tempo and he can shoot you into some games. He doesn't really shoot you out of games, but the problem is he doesn't shoot enough. <laughs> well, he doesn't games. shoot. He just completely yeah, yeah just takes yeah. himself out of the game. Yeah. So I, I think if you're a team like the Clippers that has the two stars, but they haven't been able to get over the hump, you say, look, we have all these 10 plus million dollar contracts for a bunch of role players. If we can just splice a few of those together, throw in some picks, maybe a young player or something, we'd be happy to trade that for James Harden. We'll take the risk. We already have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So if James falls flat on his face in a playoff game, we have the guy who's done it before and PG as one of a big three rather than a big two, I think is better suited for that. Now the Sixers argument is going to be, well, we don't want to take back a bunch of role players and stuff that's not helping us right now to surround Joel Embiid with, because I think the bigger thing is if you don't get anything legit back for him and you don't have a real co-star with Joel, when does he start looking for the door? Like what's the domino effect there and how quickly does Joel get impatient? I can't tell you right now what Joel thinks about all this. We've talked about it, that he supported James publicly after they lost in game seven, said they had unfinished business. So it'll be interesting to see his next comments in public after yeah. that. But he didn't talk at that thing too, for what it's worth. The yeah, thing him so, and Toby were at. We, yeah. like the Toby comments too. I guess maybe we'll get to those, but that feels yeah. like a lifetime ago now. But so, so here's my thing off of that. And this is like my large picture kind of take on all of this. I understand that fans are very frustrated with James Harden. And I very much live in that world as someone that's on WIP and is constantly taking calls and talking to people. At the Eagles fan thing yesterday, people were talking about James Harden. So maybe my opinion's a little skewed on the public view of James Harden. But I think it's safe to say a large portion of the fan base, at the very least, wants James gone. Like, they're mad about Game 7. They don't view him as someone they can win with and all those things. But I just think when you look at the Sixers' chances of winning next year, if you just remove James Harden off the roster, just to start with, just remove him, they're not anywhere as good. He was a critical player for them. Like, Maxi was very important and Bede was important. But you can see when he played poorly in the playoffs, they didn't win. Why? Because they need James Harden to be really good. Like, he's very important. And I, I understand people not wanting to run it back. I think I would be okay with running it back to an extent because I think they're really good. And if you look around the East, the Celtics lost Marcus Smart. I think that's a big implication for them. We'll see if the Bucs are able to, br- able to bring back Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. Like the East could be even more winnable and, and not as good as it was last year. So I do believe the Nick Nurse, Joel, Harden, Maxi, Tobias could, could win the East next year. But the issue is then if you remove James Harden, you have to replace him with something legit. Like you just have to. If they do this deal, let's say for the the Clippers, and they bring back like Norman Powell, a second round pick, Robert Covington, and I think what's other like you you sent me a joke trade, like Terrence Mann or something like that, right? Who I like Terrence Mann, but people I, think I of him too, as like but... a young prospect. He's gonna be like 27 this year, I think. So yeah, that like is he's true. A, not a not an actual young guy. Well, he actually reminded me, everyone compared the player uh, Smith, I can't think of his first name right now, that they signed the undrafted guy to Bones Highland. For some reason, maybe they because they have similar hair, I immediately thought of Terrence Mann when they signed him too. But but anyway, the, the point I'm making is, 
losing James Harden is not a good thing for this team. And replacing him is not going to be as easy as people think. So all these Sixers fans out there that are like, well, at least he's off the roster. Go get role players, like blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you have to go get a legit star for him. You have to go or at least try. And if you don't, you're not as good or you're depending on Maxi to take a massive step forward. And maybe that's more likely without James Harden here. Maybe he has to have more responsibility as a facilitator and he thrives in that role and Nick Nurse does a great job. And maybe that happens. But ultimately, they're not as good without James Harden. So for me, it's frustrating to know that I look at this team and I don't think they have a good of a chance as winning the title now. Like unless this is Paul George or even the Dame thing, right? Let's say you trade James Harden over the next two weeks and you get the package of, of putting together assets like you talked about. And then what if Dame doesn't ask out? Or what if he asks out and he doesn't want to come to you and you've now traded uh, Harden for like package uh, for a package of players that don't make you as good as you were with him? So I just, I think Daryl Morey is good at his job. I think Nick Nurse is a good head coach. They have a top five player in the NBA. So ultimately, they will be a team that will probably be top four in the East. And come playoff time, I'll probably talk myself and I'm getting out the second round. But as I sit here right now, I don't see how they're going to be as good as next year. And that's just frustrating when they could have just signed this guy. Like give him two years, nine million, or, or who knows what it would have taken. But they're not as good. And that's hard to look past. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, well, to your point, the best option would honestly have been him opting in but wanting to stay here and yes. play here and just and now that's out. all screwed up too. Cause even if he decides to stay there's, they can talk it over and say that they're better and all that. I don't know, man, like the first sign of something going wrong, it, this, all this is going to boil back up. I think so. But also James is kind of a, I don't want to say weird, but he's a mercurial guy. We'll say, so mm-hmm. this could just be, Hey, this is a big flare up and they can look past it. Now, again, to your point, I don't think, that's the likeliest scenario here. I think the likeliest scenario ends with him being traded. But again, I think the important thing to take away here is I would not have a, I would not set high expectations for the return here, especially because other teams know James's history too. Mm -hmm. At this point, this is, he's asked out of three different teams in the span of what, four or five years. I think that's, yeah, yeah. Right that's a hard, hard sell to future franchises. Like what? We're going to give up a big package for this guy who purposefully forced his way to multiple teams in a row that then mm-hmm. within two years, he was essentially like, nah, you know what? I've had enough, man. I'm out. And I think in hindsight, we were able to look at the Brooklyn scenario and say, hey, that was kind of messed up. Like Kyrie Irving was doing whatever the hell that weirdo right. does. Durant, and yeah. Kevin Durant had his eye out the door at different points. And James didn't look as much like the bad guys he did when he actually left via the trade. But now it's like, James, you kind of made this bad for yourself, man. I don't, I don't know how he gets out of this with without his reputation taking another hit. And so if you're looking yeah. at that from the perspective of all these other teams, sure, they see the talent. And sure, they say, hey, if you're the Knicks and you trade you know, Julius Randle and – 
other BS for him. Right. Sure, you would take that, but you still, that's the type of trade that I'm sure a lot of these teams are going to propose is you take this big money. We might throw you some picks. We might throw you a prospect or two, but I don't, certainly not out of the gate. They're not coming with, hey, we're giving you our star for your star and we're going to swap these. That's not going to happen. Well, and that's my concern is, again, we can all talk about game seven and it was disgusting, gross, like whatever adjective you want to use. They quit, whatever. You're not, you're more than likely not going to get a player back that can do what James did in games one and uh, four. Like you're just probably not. Like maybe combined, you can get somewhat similar point totals, but you're not going to get somebody that the other team is like, all right, this person's taking over the game. Unless it's a Dame or a Paul George or a Kwai, and it sounds like you don't think that's going to happen. And with the Clippers, I could see why they would give up something of value because are they are they trying to build a new stadium? I think like they're trying to win well, now. Well, Bomber doesn't give a shit either. He'll just spend. That's the other thing, know, right? So I think spend he whatever. <laughs> but the Knicks, so the Knicks, like I don't even see how that's a fit. Number one, but let's just say they're they're involved. And I know you can get a third team involved, so maybe the Knicks get them, but you get assets from uh, somebody. Shamsharanya also reported. The Heat as well, or the Heat. in the mix. So the other one, so I was thinking of the Heat, like maybe Tyler Hero, but I don't know. In the finals, I was sitting here saying they're better without Tyler Hero, clowning him for everything he was wearing on the bench and making fun of his contract. So it's and we said to- on the podcast, like Tyrese Maxey, I believe, is more valuable than him right now. Exactly. Specifically right. because of the contract. So like, why do you want, if you're trying, if you're maybe you acquire him in the sense that you're going to try to flip him and you make a series of moves, you dangle him to other teams, you don't have the attachment to him. But then that's just setting up. It's going to have to be a multi-team, multi-step type yeah. of deal rather than you just trade James and here's your team. Well, and then so maybe you trade him, but you get a lot of draft picks. And then you can sit here and go, well, you're restocking the cupboard. But but that's not super appealing either. This is a win-now team. And these draft picks are unlikely going to help Joel. And if it ever comes to trading Joel, you're getting a ton of picks then anyway. So I just I can't see a world where this trade goes down and I'm excited on the emergency pod. Maybe it is, maybe that's what'll happen. But that's why when this came out, like it was a bummer. Like I and I know I'm in the minority of wanting Harden back, but they're not gonna be as good as they were next year. Again, maybe nurse, maybe Maxi, all those things, but those things could have happened anyway. And the other thing about the the Dame thing is so let's say they do put a pack, they trade Harden for a bunch of pieces and draft picks and all those things you're still likely including Maxi in that deal. So you've gone now from a world where you have Harden with Dame and like a hypothetical where you trade a Maxi and who knows how that would have fit. But you've gone from all these scenarios we've talked about where you have two stars plus Embiid to really only having Dame and Embiid, which is awesome if you have it, but you don't have Maxi anymore. Like maybe Toby's still here because of what you acquired from the James trade, but Toby's probably gone too. So even if you get Dame, you're you're not as deep as I think we all once projected they would be when they pulled off a Toby trade or 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 the Maxi for Lillard trade. Well, this is why Daryl Morey's getting paid a lot of money to run this team. That, that's <laughs> he has to figure this out. Whether that's look, maybe, and I know you're anti-Zion. This is just an example, right? But it might be a situation where you have to try to take a higher risk higher reward gamble on somebody like that. Or as you've brought up, maybe you figure it out where you trade for a Levine and that's mm-hmm. the the shot that you take where I don't love Zach Levine, but there's a reason you're, he's gettable compared to, you know, somebody like a Dame or Paul George or something like that comes with downside. And you have to consider, do we want to take on the long-term money and hope that this guy can be 
one of the two to three best players on a contender. I think that's the type, if you want to go for a a quote unquote star or somebody who fits the mold of a potential game breaking player, rather than saying we're taking three role players back, making $12 million a piece. I think that's the profile player you're going to see. Now, again, I want to stress the Dame example is a tricky one because I think Dame can essentially pick where he wants to go. Yes. If I had to guess, like, I, I think I agree. Portland with values him enough yep. that if he said, I want to go to Philly, figure out how to make it happen. Well, and also when's the last time they would a superstar it. got traded against his will somewhere? Was it Kawhi to Toronto? Like Durant? Now, the flip side of that also though, is that Dame does not seem to be the kind of guy that's going to be driving that hard of a bargain. I think he on the flip side would look at Portland and say, I want to do right by you guys as much as I can. And so here's my like three teams figure out what the best return is. And now the flip side to that flip side is Dame also (laughs) seems like someone that is extremely self-conscious of where he's playing, who, how, how real you think their team's chance to win is. So the good news is with Harden leaving this roster is worse. So maybe Dame will have more interest because it won't be like he's joining a super team. He'll probably, I mean, he'll come here and be the best player, but Yes, you are right. The tough thing with collecting assets for Dame is he could just decide. You really snuck that one in there, by the way. He'll come in here and be the best player. That was yeah, a, you like that? That's a good little, try. A little something. But, it's a good uh, try. It's not true, but it was a no, good No, it's try. not true. I agree. I agree. But um, but to your point, you could collect all these assets for Dame, and then he goes, well, yeah, I just want to go to Miami. And then that's that. It, it Again, a lot of this also just rests on what is Joel Embiid going to be happy with? I, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to think that you could sell him on this will be like a retool year, oh, we'll put a bunch of role players. Look, I know that's not exciting to you. I know, I know. But I yeah. do think if you look at how Joel handled the Ben Simmons sabbatical year, we'll call it, he was not out in the press demanding, Daryl, get a trade done, whatever. Yeah. He said, I'm going to I'm gonna do it with who I have and what I have, and we'll figure it out. and. He is further along in his career. He's won an MVP now. He might not have that same mentality this go around, but I don't think it's off the table that he thinks that. And in that case, you could say we're going to prioritize young guys, upside picks, whatever it is. And then you try to go into free agency next summer and say, you know, we have assets for a sign and trade, or we might be able to sign somebody outright, depending on what they do with Maxi and so on and so forth. So you never know. It, it's too early to say. So there's school, there's kind of two schools of thought on how long this could take. I believe you wrote in your article uh, that, you know, this potentially could take a while, right? Like they're not going to rush into it. The flip side of that, to keep with that phrase, is the offseason's beginning for all these teams. So the Sixers kind of need to know what's going to happen. And these other teams need to know as well. What would you set as a timeline? I know that's an impossible question in some ways because a team could wake up tomorrow and decide to offer the Sixers exactly what they want. But do you think this is something where the Sixers and James would prefer to get this done ASAP? Or is this going to be Daryl kind of sitting back and doing, again, you know, what we talked about, what he did with Ben? I, I don't think Daryl wants or will rush this unless somebody comes in with an offer that says, you can't refuse this. Like Daryl very much operates from, I mean, look, we have discussed some reporting from Keith Pompey and others recently that was 
a little off the mark, but I think what it got at when we were discussing the Cavs thing where it was Evan Mobley and Jared right. Allen and so on and so forth, I do think Maury will always set an initial high bar and then he lets you know, I'm not just give, giving this guy up simply to make a trade. I want value. I want this. I want that. And, you know, some of it's bluster. It's tough talk. But most of the time, Daryl gets these deals done and they don't really leak to the press ahead of time either. It's, hey, the deal's done and agreed to. And so clearly there's not, broadly speaking, an issue with how he conducts himself in these negotiations. So I don't think that this is a case where, now look, James being a high-profile player, There'll be a lot of people reporting on this, asking about this, calling about this. So I'd imagine there's going to be leaks coming from somewhere. We're going to hear some of this reported stuff, but I don't think Daryl cares about what people are saying regarding, you need to get this done now. You need to do this. I think what he is guided by is what is best for the team? What gives us the best chance to win a title in the next, you know, however many years. So I got a few more questions for you, then we'll wrap this up because who knows by this time tomorrow, maybe James is traded. So I want the people to get out and uh, and hear this. So you brought up the, some of the Keith Pompey reporting, which brings me to the Toby thing. Do you think James essentially likely being traded makes Toby more or less likely to be traded? And who do you think has more trade value? When you consider James is older, he kind of like impacts your team more for better. It's still hard. You don't have to hard. overthink okay. it in that way. I'm yeah. curious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, you don't have to overthink that too much. Uh, look, I, I would say there's not too much impact on Tobias necessarily. I think in the right scenario where they have uh, a team where he makes sense as a complimentary piece, they're not just going to ship him off for nothing. Right. I do know they're not married to him, certainly. And they see a $39 million expiring contract. And I'm sure Daryl's sitting there saying, we might be able to turn that into two or three guys. Maybe they'll yep. be here for a couple years and they're on individually smaller, more digestible, more tradable deals. And maybe you figure out a way to do that. But again, Harden has been the big thing this whole offseason, right? When we've discussed the Har- or the Tobias trade rumors, I've always tried to stress until they figure out James, Tobias is kind of a side issue. Like yeah, him yeah. and his dad have their priorities and rightfully so got to look out for themselves. But until James's situation is figured out and they see what are they getting back? Are they rerouting stuff to another team for a, a third star? Uh, speaking of your own Weitzman, who's reported a lot of stuff on the Sixers wrote a yeah. book about process over the years, mentioned just name dropped casually Zach Levine within his, uh, Love it. Recent story. So that's okay. something there we to go. Some essentially just implying, and it's sort of touches on the conversation we were just having that doesn't think that the Sixers are going to deal just for role players and picks, that that wouldn't happen until or unless those could be rerouted elsewhere for that yep. type of player. So, look, I, I think. You and I see what's happening here and what's coming. It's I don't know when it'll happen. I don't know where he'll go, but certainly looks like our, our old friend James Harden is hitting so, the old dusty trail. <laughs> I did have one like one brief positive thought there is if they're able to trade Harden for let's say like two or three or two 
really, you know, really good role players, Toby for two really good role players. Then maybe you have almost a way better version of the Raptors team where it's a bunch of guys, but then you have Joel as your main guy and nurse is feeling comfortable that way. So maybe that's a, you know, a potential good outcome here. The final question I have for you, and this is a bit open, open-ended if you want to think about it for the next pod, but like, is this a good thing? Like, do you think this is going to end up being a good thing for the Sixers? Because I think Sixers fans will be excited about it. But when you, you know, you, Kyle, not what you think the team thinks, any of those things. What do you think? Like, is this good that James Harden's not going to be back? I think it's bad if you were hoping they could try to win a title next year. Yeah. I well, think it's good. I, th- I think <laughs> it's good in all the other ways. Like, now... We were looking at a situation here where I think the Sixers had very few outs if James Mm -hmm. Harden comes back, even if it's a two plus one. If he's here for two years and you're waiting on his player option decision on that third year, that could very much be a place where Joel's just sick of this shit by now. And he says, I want out of here. You basically have to blow it up and you're not in a position to do anything other than sell him for less than what he's worth. Now, you know, as we discussed, I do still think there's a possibility that Joel could look around and be like, what's going on here? Like, what's happening? This isn't what I signed up for. But by not being tied down to James, Tobias is on this expiring. You have a path as soon as next summer to just completely wipe the slate clean. Yeah. You can say, if you really wanted to, this is full teardown mode. Don't have to take on lots of bad money. Build around young players and picks that they make further trades down the line you could do it and so the future paths are plentiful i do think it's a lot tougher to look at them and say hey this team's gonna end up having a real shot next season but we also have to wait and see what happens with this james situation before we don't know who the hell's coming back we don't know if they're gonna have extra picks to deal at the deadline to make another push and another trade this is going to start a giant domino effect the end of which we will not see for quite a while and also honestly man we just saw the miami heat go to the nba finals so like they could not be as good next year and get hot at the right time everyone makes their threes like they did on the heat the east isn't as good and maybe you squeak through but i think i fall where you do of it's just hard to look at next year and feel as confident they have a chance but maybe we'll feel differently if they have zach levine the next time we record 